welcome to Make Good, the podcast about yarn and knitting from Scratch Supply Co. We're recording today in downtown Lebanon, New Hampshire, and we're really excited to be here. I'm Karen. And I'm Jessica. And today we're going to be talking about comfort knitting. Perfect. That sounds totally appealing to me right yes. now. So things are starting to feel a little... Somebody online said things are starting to feel like sourdough bread and Carol Baskin. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Very much. Do we have to watch Tiger King again, or has Netflix been sitting on a gem for us? I mean, I don't think it's do we have to. I think it's do we get to. Sure. Yes. <laughs> you know what, though? We never get to watch it again for the first time. Mm-mm. And that was a journey. <laughs> hey, all you cool cats and kittens. With COVID going the way that it is, it's starting to feel like things, you know, were looking up for a little bit. and now. It just feels a little weird. Very deja vu. Right. Yeah. I don't honestly know if we're going to get another shutdown. It's hard to say what will happen, but I think that there is a general feeling of heaviness for most people. So one of the things we were thinking about is that your comfort knitting doesn't need to be about producing anything necessarily. The value of your knitting is not in its productivity. Mm -hmm. This is just something to do with your hands to get you through this. And you know what? Maybe you are the kind of person that needs something really distracting to get you through this. And maybe you're the kind of person that needs something gentler to get you through this. A soothing balm, a woolly balm for your hands and soul. Right. Mm -hmm. So socks. We talked about socks last week. Yeah. If you didn't listen, that was a good one. <laughs> Go learn about our tips for your first pair of socks, because maybe now is the time to dip the proverbial toe into the world of sock knitting. <laughs> that was terrible. Thank you. Thank you. It's my gift to you all. <laughs> he who would pun would pick a pocket. <laughs> because one of the things about socks is they actually take kind of a weirdly long amount of time to knit. Like you wouldn't think that they take as long as they do because they're very little. It's a lot of little stitches if you're using fingering weight yarn. Right. And I think, you know, last week we maybe said something about how they're a little hurry up in weight. You have to concentrate at the toe. You have to concentrate at the heel. But the foot and the leg is just kind of smooth sailing. Right. A bunch, a bunch, a bunch of stitches. So, you know, make knee socks if you want endless, mindless knitting. You could knit pants. <laughs> Get crazy. <laughs> you could knit pants. You could knit, I don't know, some kind of leggings that have to be held up with like a garter belt or something if you don't want to have to deal with splitting for legs. Mm-hmm. Garters. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. Why not? But more seriously, right? Socks are the kind of project that you can totally just like have in your bag and they're there for you. I have some socks in a project bag that have lived there for years. <laughs> like, <laughs> they are... There's toe to midfoot on one of them, and I think that the other one is ankle cuff to maybe mid leg part. Same yarn, different needles. I think one's magic loom and one is on DPNs. I started knitting one sock and went, I don't know if I feel committed to this pattern, and started a different type of sock, and they're just hanging out. And every once in a while, I knit a couple of stitches on them and then put them back in the quiet place. <laughs> I also think it might be a good time to knit some heavier weight socks. Knit yourself some house socks. So cozy. Winter's coming, friends. It'll be nice to have warm socks on in your house at some point. Yeah. Or maybe it doesn't get cold where you are. Right. And you have air conditioning or something. You'll get cozy. 
We've been seeing this a lot with people coming into the store recently, too. They sort of come into the store and they say something like, I just needed to come in and touch the yarn before you maybe shut down again. Yeah, which feels a little grim every time someone says it. It's like, oh, we've been letting you in for a month. First of all, we don't currently have any plans to change what we're doing in any way. I mean, of course, everything changes at the last minute when it changes right now, but we never stopped requiring masks. We still have the ability to enforce social distancing because our store is pretty big. Mm -hmm. And so right now we're just kind of open. The only thing we're not really doing is letting people sit and knit on the couches. We're trying to maintain distance with people when we're helping them with their knitting. But also, we totally get that feeling. Right. Especially with the way we ran things last year and our wild shopping, we were like, hey, look at this new thing we got. You can't come see it or touch it, but it's here. We love it. It's here. We're going to rearrange the store and no one will see it but us, but we'll be really happy about it. Yeah. So there's a lot of people coming in right now and wandering and petting yarn because they can and they haven't seen it before. And then they're picking shawl projects. Right. Yeah. Shawls are comfort knitting big time. It's a commitment of time. It is as complicated or as simple as you need it to be because there are, I'm just going to say, a billion shawl patterns out there. Oh, conservatively. Yeah. Yeah. So many options. There is exactly the right one for you. And if you don't think that you're the type of person who will wear a shawl, A, you probably know someone who will. B, there are so many ways to incorporate it into your daily outfits. There are great videos that can show you different ways to think about wearing them. And see, you can just keep knitting and make a lap blanket. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, if you ever finish your shawl, and the thing is, shawls can be huge and endless. And if that's what you need, great. You've knit yourself a hug, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. really. Minor, minor, minor corrections corner, I think from last week. I said something really weird about socks being the only thing that you can make without a pattern. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like the fakest thing on earth. Hey, I didn't stop you. (laughs) Right. I was just thinking like, I was like, oh, right. Socks are the only things besides shawls and mittens and scarves and hats that you can make without a pattern. With a little wind at your heels, you could successfully probably make a sweater without a pattern too. Mm -hmm. I personally would not do success at that. (laughs) But you How can dishcloth? (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) If you are somebody that you are comfortable with, I'm just going to make a triangle shawl, I'm going to do increases, and we're going to see what happens. You don't need to look at a piece of paper. You can stare into the eyes of Carol Baskin and never even look <laughs> no. at your hands and make, and make a shawl. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely, totally possible. If you're also somebody who needs or wants something a little more attention commanding, a lacy shawl. I personally would probably stay away from something with like an eyelet design in it because I mess those up even under the best of circumstances. Uh huh. I mean, either do that to yourself or don't, I guess. I wouldn't do that to myself personally right now. Yeah. Know yourself as a knitter. Right. That's good. Although, and I think we talked about this in the shawl episode, you'll see people who will take their shawls and they'll lay them out on like some kind of surface and take a picture for Instagram, and then they'll like draw attention to the one eyelet that's out of place, and they'll be like, oh, I'm never going to stop seeing this. You will stop seeing it as soon as you scrunch it up to wear it. Yeah. When you're wearing your hand knits, you're mostly not looking at them. So <laughs> the beauty of that is that where your tiny little mistakes are, literally no one sees it because you're not looking at yourself while you're wearing it. It's fine. Right. 
It's like that coffee stain on my my outline tank that immediately blended in with the speckles. And I was like, you know what? This is fine. It's an aftermarket speckle. (laughs) (laughs) It's how I tell the front from the back. My front is now my back. (laughs) Right. So those are all like potential for big endless patterns. Mm -hmm. You may be the opposite kind of person. You may be the kind of person that under stress or just when time feels fake, you need to finish things. Need a sense of completion. Right. Hats will be your friend. If that's you. Mm -hmm. You can knit a million hats. You can give them away as gifts. You can just have them. You're going to have a head every day of your life. So it might be cold and you might want to rotate your hats. It might be a good opportunity for like charity knitting. If there's a local organization that's taking them, check first before you donate a whole bunch of handmade hats somewhere. But if your hospital has information about like chemo caps or hats for babies, or you are connected with Knit the Rainbow or Hat Not Hate, there are places where you can send these hand knit hats and feel like you are helping someone else too, if that is what soothes your soul. Yeah, I do know like our local hospital, because of COVID, has stopped taking donations of hand-knit items. If they can't take them right now for safety reasons, they'll be able to take them in three months or whatever. That's fine. They're not saying your hat is ugly. They're just saying, (laughs) at the moment, we're not equipped to deal with this donation. Can I tell you my story about my crochet hat? Have Have I told this story on the podcast before? You maybe have. Tell it again. So when I was living in Philadelphia and I was doing that postback program where it was sort of just like endless work and I needed stuff to do with my hands, there was a member of my family that was going through chemotherapy and lost a fair amount of her hair. And so I would stumble into the very nice yarn shop in the basement that was like a block and a half from my apartment. And I would basically just tell them, I need your softest yarn. And because I wanted it to be fast, because I was thinking like I wanted it to be nice and soft on her head, right? So, you know, it would usually be some kind of like alpaca, which who knows? (laughs) who knows those alpacas right and because i wanted it to be fast i would crochet a hat the problem was i did not know how to crochet a hat no pattern no pattern (laughs) no rows that was really the problem was that i didn't know how to do like actual stacked rows and so i would just crochet this in a spiral so it was a little pointy on top and there was a little point at the bottom where i would bind off Oh, yeah. I would make a couple of these and I'd put them in a box and I'd send them to her and she would say thank you. And then it was something. It was I was trying. But, you know, I really felt like that was an important thing for me to keep doing through that year was crocheting these hats and sending them off to somebody. I'd like to think that they were helpful. Mm hmm. But man, were they ugly. (laughs) Sometimes that happens. Oh, yeah gesture committed and received on both sides you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it was love yeah and hats are great because they're not a like big commitment project Mm -hmm. i think they're a good opportunity to do what feels right because you can make a complicated hat you can make a really simple beanie you can do color work you can like hats afford you all of the options that you otherwise love or dislike in your knitting life right at a small scale so many options. And if you end up like, if you are distracted by Netflix and you end up having to rip it back, 
it's just a hat. It's not any bigger than a hat. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. you're ripping out 12 inches of a sweater. It's a hat. Yeah, they go pretty quickly. Do you remember the hat that I knit for the shop and then it got stolen? Yes. Where is that hat? Somebody took it. We went to a trade show one year and it was the year that Blue Sky Fibers debuted their eco cashmere. And we got a skein of it at the show and it was beautiful and precious and an amazing gold color. And I was like, I'm going to knit this pattern that they gave us with the yarn. So we have a shop sample. And I knit this beautiful little cashmere beanie and I loved it. And it came to live at the store and then it went to live with someone else. And I feel like emotionally that was a little bit like frogging it like, oh, oh well, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, I would like to think, I mean, first of all, the audacity of stealing a yellow hat in a city this size, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what, though, we never no. saw it again. <laughs> right? They did crime success because we never <laughs> saw it again. I mean, maybe they were too scared to wear it. That's a little sad. If you if you're the person who took the hat and you're hearing this, go ahead and wear it. Please wear it. Yeah, whatever. We're, <laughs> we've moved on emotionally. There are shops that put bells on all their samples for that exact reason. What? I feel like if we did that, we would spend so much time explaining why all the samples were jingling. I didn't know that was a thing. Right. I would rather just imagine that whoever took it is cold and needed it. Yeah. Don't steal samples anywhere. But also, it's maybe not the end of the world, I guess. So while we're talking about comfort knitting, let's spend a second thinking about generally being kind to your fellow humans. Yeah. And that includes yarn shop owners and other frontline retail workers. (laughs) So in our community, what is physically here in Lebanon is a little limited. And for example, our local Walmart just started requiring masks again. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of imagine the conversation. I mean, maybe you've seen it in your own community, the conversation that's arising around this. The one thing you definitely know for sure in a place like that is that the person who is tasked with enforcing this rule is not the person who made the rule. 100% you know that. Right. Unlike in our shop, where we get to change the rules based on how we feel. Like, if we feel safe without masks, we will say no more masks. That is a ways off, I think. That has not happened yet. No. If we decided that we only feel safe with people showing up to the store in purple dresses, we can make that rule too. We might be a lonely (laughs) shop, but We, we could say there's a yarn shop dress code. Based on the conversations that we've been having with people who have come into the store saying things like, I just needed to come in one more time before you shut down, I just would like all of us as a fiber community, like a global fiber community, to be able to commit to doing whatever we need to do to keep our comfort spaces, which is our yarn shops, Mm -hmm. functional for as long as possible. Be good to each other, y'all. This is a really hard topic to talk about. Well, because it a little bit feels like if you know, you know. Right. Just be good to each other, whether you're in your yarn shop or a record store or getting a coffee. And that said, we have some more specific recommendations for you for comfort knitting than endless socks. But you might, you might be the endless sock person. That's beautiful. Your feet are going to love it. So one of the big shawl projects that we really love is the Crystal Star Wrap by Jen Peck. Yes. Jen's a fantastic designer, and this is a lovely project. I am a big fan of mosaic color work because it takes away the fiddliness of carrying yarn. You're just kind of slipping stitches and knitting stitches whenever she tells you to. Right. She wrote that pattern for Peace Fleece, 
but really any any squishy, lovely worsted weight yarn will do the trick. So that's a good one. It also has like big sections of single color knitting. Yeah, like mindless single color knitting and the color work itself is high contrast. So you're not going to discover a mistake in 15 rows probably, right? Like you're going to you're going to see it. Mhm. In the same vein, but a little bit of a different feel, is Andrea Mowry's Cinnabar. I have a kind of abandoned at this point, but I am going to pick it back up, Cinnabar in progress. And I would say that just about everybody I know who has knit this struggles with it right at the beginning. It's a little fiddly to get started. Mm -hmm. But once you get started... It is the same thing for the entirety of the shawl, but because it is brioche, it's also interesting and really rhythmic and kind of soothing and super squishy. Like you want to talk about knitting a hug, right? So if this is one that you are thinking about getting started on, you're not alone in being like, oof, right at the beginning. And once you get through that, it really does get easier. And I mean, maybe maybe you will be the one who's alone and flying right through the beginning, which let me know because I want to know. <laughs> I want to know what you had for breakfast this morning so I can replicate it. We can't really pick a sock pattern. It's impossible. A sock pattern. Knit some socks. Like we talked about last week, how everybody's sock choices are really personal. So I don't really think if we're talking about comfort knitting that we should recommend a specific pair. One you love. The best socks are socks that you love. Mm -hmm. We have someone who knits at the store who, when she has downtime, knits kind of an endless back catalog of dishcloths and baby sweaters. Mountains of them. So many. A dishcloth is a thing you can knit without a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> or you could use a pattern because there are plenty of them out there. Right. You could do like textured pattern ones. You could just knit squares. And then baby sweaters, depending on where you are in your life, you may be at a life stage where there are people who are just kind of having babies all around you, right? <laughs> that happens. I mean, it does happen. <laughs> and so it's kind of nice to be prepared. Quick, easy gifts. Because you know what? That baby doesn't have opinions yet. So there's no way really to personalize a baby sweater, right? Like you could, you could try to guess what the parents might like, but it's not like that baby doesn't care. No, that baby doesn't care at all. So like have a stack of baby sweaters and then you're like, wow, I am super ready. You get a baby sweater. <laughs> That's right. And you get a baby sweater. Also, this is a good opportunity to dive into your stash and find a skein of yarn that you've been saving. We all have them. We have something that's like a precious fiber or is very sentimental or is a unique colorway that was like limited edition and you can't get it anymore. But we've just been sitting on these skeins and thinking that's going to be for, I'll know the project when I see it. It'll be for something very specific or very special, or I don't know if I can ever knit it. It's too precious. Just knit the yarn. Just do it. You, you could knit yourself a stockinette cowl and just roll around in the fact that you love this fiber and it is a comfort to touch. It is beautiful to behold, like just something very simple that Let's the yarn speak for itself, and you'll love it as much in this simple pattern as you did when you first saw it in the skein. Yes, and that is kind of a general good tip, too. I think if you are wanting like a mindless knit, 
but you still want it to look kind of fancy, mm-hmm. you can always pick yarn where the dyer already did the work for you by speckling or doing a, a particular color technique. Mm-hmm. That yarn isn't any harder to knit than any other yarn. Nope. Get cozy with it. Yeah. So be gentle with yourself, knitter friends. Things feel tough or overwhelming or however they're feeling for you right now, but we will get through it together. Your knitting will help you, even if it just comes to sit with you on the couch in the evenings and you don't touch it. Oh, yeah, that's that's real. That's mm-hmm. very real. And that's fine. It's just nice to know it's there sometimes. You'll come back to it. So, Jessica, what's on your needles right now? Oof, more of that big bulky yarn. <laughs> but I have, I think, knit the whole body up to the armpits at this point and pockets. So the sweater's cruising along. It's going fast. Yeah, it'll be good. What's on your needles, Karen? I'm still working on the Gresham wrap. It's slow going. I'm still going easy on my hand, but it's happening. It's come to sit with me on the couch a couple times this week. Mm -hmm. It's one of those big endless shawl projects that we love. It really, really super is. I am getting into the endless part, which is 600 yards of the same thing. So, which is fine, but also it's about to get real big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey jessica yes karen are you ready oh i don't know <laughs> for a letter ah! yeah let's do it this letter comes to us from cindy Hey, Cindy. I knit my first sweater a few years ago using some wool stock that I'd bought for a different pattern. The sweater turned out great until I blocked it. Mm -hmm. It crazy stretched. It looks like a dress. If only the neck wasn't a front-back V-neck with lots of built-in positive ease, I probably would wear it around the house with leggings. But unfortunately, that neck doesn't allow for that. It's not a super tragic loss. I mean, who has a first sweater that wasn't riddled with lessons, right? Correct. That's such a good attitude. As the years have passed and my skills have improved, I've considered either tearing it back and playing with the neckline or ripping it completely and repurposing the yarn. My question is, what did the stretch do to my yarn? If I rip it back and soak and rewind it, is it weird now? If I added the unknit extra skeins that I have left over in stash, would the gauge be different between the virgin skeins and the stretched or recycled skeins? Thanks in advance. Oh, Oh, that's a puzzler, Cindy. (laughs) I love that she's coming back to this, like, significantly later. Mm Mm-hmm. Wollstock's nice yarn, so good instinct to use it for your project. And since you weren't happy with your project, it's nice to hear that you're thinking about repurposing it. So your question about whether or not your yarn will work up the same way as your unknit skeins is a good one. I think that it's very possible that it will, but I can't tell you definitively yes. So (laughs) wool has memory and bounce. If you knit something and you frog it, you know, you've got like crazy crimpy yarn and you can get rid of that crimp by doing exactly what you mentioned, soaking it and, you know, letting it kind of reset, letting the memory of that fiber do its job. I would say, though, that 
I didn't see the finished project. I don't really know why it stretched so much. It could have had to do with gauge or any number of other things. But this is all to say we are going back to our tried and true answer. You're going to have to knit a swatch. No! Ah, not the swatch! (laughs) Yes, the swatch. Because there's really, like, no way to tell just looking at the yarn unless there is some actual visual defect or it's in some way been altered significantly in such a way that your eyes can see it. Like there's no way to anticipate what that fiber is going to do. I think under normal circumstances, it should just snap back and be usable in the same way. But knit a swatch of your recycled yarn, knit a swatch of your unknit yarn, and do some measuring because it might work great. And if it doesn't, it's better to know then than later when you are into a new sweater significantly. Since wool stock isn't superwash, I think it seems less likely that it will have structurally changed from just being blocked than if this were superwash yarn. But yeah, swatch. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming that if you weren't happy with how it fit, You didn't wear it a whole lot, so you're probably not concerned with areas like having lots of pilling or like any sort of felting or damage from wear. So you're probably in a safe space to go forward with this. But give it a try and see what happens. How's the knit-along going? It's amazing. This knit-along is a gift. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) it's what we needed, I think, to ferry us through this summer. Because there's so many amazing pictures and y'all are knitting in fun places. We've seen yurts and hot tubs and boats and amazing gardens. Like people are knitting all over the place and you're all beautiful and amazing and your projects look great. So keep going. We've got a couple of weeks left before we button it up. Yeah. August 31st is the end date for the drawing at least. And of course you can keep knitting. Do you know that recently... I've seen some people knitting sorrels, like, and tagging the knit-along. So even though that knit-along ended, people are continuing with the project and keeping us in the loop. Oh, awesome. It's so nice to see. I think that that might be it for us this week. Yes, you can subscribe to our podcast wherever you can find it. You can send us letters at dearscratch at scratchsupplyco.com. If you want to see what we're up to, you can follow us on Instagram at MakeGoodPod. This week, you got to see photos of one of our amazing dogs. So if you're a dog fan too, follow us because it's good. (laughs) (laughs) And we hope that your knitting brings you some comfort. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.